You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. First podcast of 2017. Ian, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, too. Jim, how you doing? Good, good. We're going to kick things off, Ian, with some bold predictions. Not bold predictions for the 2017 season, but a bold prediction for what the Red Sox could do between now and when spring training gets going in about six weeks. So this isn't necessarily something you think is going to happen. So I don't want people to think that uh, that this is a Ian Brown um, lock it in, it's going to happen prediction. This is something kind of wild and crazy that would really maybe get the fan base excited if it did happen. What do you have? Yeah, I think that, you know, you look at this team and, uh, you know, the one thing they're sort of missing is that one true power hitter that they lost uh, via retirement in, uh, in David Ortiz. So you think, uh, you know, if they were to do one more thing, it might be to add another big bat. Uh, there's some who are surprisingly still out there in the market. When you're talking about a Jose Bautista or a Mark Trumbo or even um, a, a lower-profile guy like a Chris Carter, some guys that can really uh, hit that ball out of the ballpark, that might be the one thing that Dave Dombrowski could do to really you know, make this Red Sox team you know, a really scary team. They're, they're pretty good already. But this could kind of put them over the top. Yeah, and it is bold because all, you know, everything you hear is that the, that the Red Sox don't want to go out and, and break the bank and, and they'd like to stay under that uh, luxury tax if possible. But, yay, that, that's why we make bold predictions. So <laughs> a big bat to, to fill in that DH spot would be great. And it's a spot that doesn't necessarily need filling. Obviously, Hanley Ramirez likely to get most of the at-bats there at DH in 2017. All right, so scaling things back a little bit from the bold prediction to the things that still need to be done around this team, um, what do the Red Sox need to get done in the next six weeks? Is there really anything left on the, on the uh, shopping list for the offseason? No, I think they look at their roster right now and they see it as, it's pretty complete. They, they feel good about you know, their, their starting rotation, obviously. They lost Clay Buckles, but they still have you know, six quality guys going for five spots. Uh, they love their bullpen with the addition of Tyler Thornburg and the hope that uh, guys like Joe Kelly and uh, Matt Barnes will kind of you know, take their game up another level. And they, they like their lineup. They think it's balanced. They think it's deep. They think there's some young players who are still getting better. So they, they like the look of their team a lot right now. I know there was some uh, talk about maybe some interest in Trevor Plouffe if he was willing to take a one-year deal and it not be that much money. Um, obviously, he's a guy who was, who was uh, let go by the Minnesota Twins. Um, is there some concern about third base? Obviously, when you hear that, you think, oh, how much confidence is there in Pablo Sandoval, who continues to post pictures on Instagram and continues to be in very good shape by all accounts. Uh, but, but the the rumors of Trevor Plouffe, does that play in at all to a little concern about the third base position? You know, I think you can never have enough depth over there, and I think that, you know, Sandoval does come into the season at the very least as a question mark just because, you know, you really ha- didn't have him all of last year. Uh, he had a very poor 2015 season. So that's the one position now that you traded Travis Shaw and Yuan Mankata, you're a little uncovered there at third base. So, yeah, they could look to do something in that area. But, you know, at the same time, I think that they're kind of optimistic that Sandoval is going to really have a bounce back here. He's really put himself into in position to do so with all the work he's done. 
Uh, so I think that they, they really do think that Sandoval can be their third baseman. It sounds like the Blake Swihart left field experiment has come to an end, and obviously part of that is because you look at that outfield for the Red Sox, and it looks pretty much set for 2017 with the emergency emergence of Andrew Benintendi late last season. Uh, so Swihart back to being a catcher, obviously coming off the, the brutal ankle injury in 2016. It creates that, that three-way battle. Is that beyond third base maybe and, and the constant um, looks I'm sure we'll get at Pablo Sandoval throughout spring training? Is catcher the one other spot where there's really going to be a lot of intrigue and maybe drama in spring training? Yeah, I think the catching position will be a lot of intrigue. Because look, you've got three guys, kind of three uh, kind of different stories here. Uh, going for one position. Where you have Stanley Leon, the guy who just came out of nowhere last year and had a really solid year, but tailed off a little bit at the end, making you, you know, making you wonder, oh, is this guy coming down to earth? Was that just a fluke? And then you have Blake Swinehart, who was their catcher of the future, their opening day catcher just a year ago, um, and he got off to a slow start, and they kind of pulled the plug uh, kind of quickly on him, I thought, behind the plate last year. And then he ends up uh, getting hurt, playing left field, and now he's coming back healthy and he's going to catch again. And then you have Christian Vasquez, who didn't recover as quickly as they had hoped from the Tommy John surgery and had kind of a, a slow year last year, sort of offensively uh, and even defensively a little bit. But now he's got a chip on his shoulder, ready to show that he's ready to come back after a down year last year. So it should be a great battle uh, between the three guys. Uh, Vasquez is out of options, so they're going to give him you know, every chance to make the team. But uh, maybe Swihart has something to say about that, too. Reading through your inbox on RedSox.com this week, Ian, there was a little uh, nugget that I thought was fascinating. Um, Basically, with Clay Buckholes now gone from the organization, beyond Dustin Pedroia, and, and you tell me if I get this wrong, but beyond Dustin Pedroia, there's no one else on the current 25-man roster that was on the Red Sox before 2013. Is that true? And and if it is true, it's kind of amazing when you think of all the success this team has had over the last, you know, since the turn of the century, basically, that right now they've really kind of turned over the entire roster. Yeah, it is unbelievable you think about it. Even, uh, you know, Pedroia is the only guy in this whole team who was the team throughout the 2013 season. You know, there are some other guys who kind of came in and out during that 2013 season, whether it would be Brock Holtz or Jackie Bradley or Xander Bogart or Stephen Wright. Um, but, you know, Pedroia was the only one left from that team, really. If you think about it, the only kind of key player left from the 2013 team. And they, they really have, you know, turned it over quite a bit uh, you know, the last few years and just shows you how quickly things can change in this game. And it's going to be kind of a different year uh, with the Red Sox where a lot of that familiar core is, is going to be gone, obviously. I guess in a lot of ways, to a degree, that happened after that 2004 team that was stocked up with so many veteran players. There was a lot of turnover, but you had David Ortiz, obviously, and and, and uh, Manny Ramirez, and there was more guys still around a few years later, but, but kind of similar to that. But, hey, if you're going to replace guys, you look at this young core and certainly impressive for the Red Sox right now and what they've been able to do. Speaking of those young stars, Ian, uh, you know, a little time left here in the offseason – does the club have any interest at this point in kind of starting nego- to negotiate with any of the young stars on extensions? Yeah, I think at this time of year, Tim, things get a little quieter, and you always talk to these guys and talk to their agents and see uh, you know, what it might take to sign one of these guys. But, you know, you have to factor in you know, how it would affect the collective bargaining tax, but sometimes you actually wait to announce a deal like this. I remember a couple of years ago they actually announced Josh Beckett, an extension for Josh Beckett, um, after opening day, so it wouldn't be included in that year's um, CBT ramifications. 
so yeah, there's a lot of inner workings to these kind of things. But yeah, I definitely think they'll sit and talk with Bogarts, Betts, Bradley, et cetera, and, and see uh, you know where they're at, and might just decide uh, to go to arbitration. Yeah, and you would or, think, or at least exchange figures. Right, exactly. And you would think at at some point all these guys are going to end up reaching free agency in the same couple of years. You don't want that to happen. So if you can manage to lock up at least one or two of them early on, certainly could help long-term this risk and reward in that. One more thing I wanted to touch on with you, Ian. Uh, I know the Boston Writers uh, Dinner is shaping up, and it's kind of shaping up to be a cool event. You have an article on on the website now, but um, some great names are going to be there, Betts and Bradley. But the name that's names that stuck out to me, Theo Epstein and Terry Francona. That's going to be a fun night. Yeah, I think it'll be kind of a cool occasion for those guys to come back to Boston and uh, be introduced among the Red Sox fans. Uh, you know, they kind of left after those tough circumstances of 2011. Both of them left after that season. And there's an appreciation for both of them still in this town where the first two world championships since 1918 don't happen without Terry Francona and Theo Epstein. And they both had uh, great years at their respective teams last year. And uh, I'm sure they're both going to get uh, big ovations. Of course, Theo, you know, the Red Sox fans, are, he's one of us. You know, that's how they sort of look at it. He's from uh, Massachusetts. He grew up about two miles from, from Fenway Park. And then, of course, Terry Francona. Every time he comes back, um, it's like a loving uh, between the fans and, and Francona. So I think that'll be, you know, be a lot of fun to see how those guys are received at the dinner. Yeah, and Francona is one of those guys that obviously so much success as a manager in Boston. And when he left, when a lot of managers get fired, the fan base is kind of leading the charge to get a guy out of town. I never got that impression when Francona left town. Obviously, after after a dreadful September and, and he was let go. But I felt like the fans were always on his side, even through that. And they've certainly never left his side now and, and warm feelings all around. As for... <laughs> As for Theo, you said it. He's he's one of theirs as the Red Sox, and he stays involved in things, right, on the musical scene and, yeah, and fundraisers. Yeah. He's always stayed involved in Boston. Yeah, there's really been, like you said, no bad blood um, between Boston and either Theo or Theo. It's kind of an amicable, you know, parting on both sides, and uh, you know, in a way, those guys will always be considered part of the, uh, you know, part of the Red Sox family. And uh, you know, like I said, I think it'd be fun to see them come back for a night and be recognized with awards for what they did for their respective teams last year to get them to just an epic uh, World Series, ironically, kind of facing against each other last year. Yeah, it certainly was. What a World Series it was, Cubs and Indians. And both those teams will be very good again in 2017. The Indians uh, making the Edwin Encarnacion deal official as we record this podcast today. So they will certainly be a threat to the Red Sox hopes of getting to the World Series in 2017. Great stuff, Ian. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.